0: Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four,
1: three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Tower cleared. Welcome to Space 3D. Emily Carney. Tom Hill and I decided to get together to chat about two recent movies on the U.S. early manned spaceflight program. The motion picture First Man, based on the James Hansen book of the same name, and the documentary Apollo 11, featuring previously unviewed 70 millimeter film from July 1969. Both have been the subject of wide-ranging commentary by the lay public and space enthusiasts alike, so we thought, hey, why not join the fray? As Tom Hill commented to me, I hope we don't sound too nerdy. We'll let our listeners decide. So I think we're going to talk, just kind of have an informal chat about First Man and Apollo 11.
2: Excellent so compliments of each other.
1: Yes, so... um I know they've been the, the source of a lot of uh, a lot of discussion. I'll leave it at that.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I enjoyed them both, but definitely for different reasons.
1: Well, what were your different reasons? I liked the I liked the
2: story of Neil Armstrong. Uh, you know, just a lot of things that that I knew a lot of people didn't know about. But the the sheer power of Apollo Eleven with that huge footage and the uh, the launch sequence, it, it just at times, I was just stunned.
1: Yeah, it was pretty awe-inspiring, especially seeing it on IMAX. Emily, I know that you've written about both. What were your thoughts about sort of compare and contrast, what you liked, you know, one versus the other?
0: Well, um, obviously, like, the the Apollo 11 uh, film is a, is, is a documentary. It has a – and it uses all, you know, kind of archival footage – about uh you know Apollo Eleven, a, a lot of it's never been seen before, and a lot of it's in really good condition, so it's very impressive. First Man was a biopic, so they're both two very different uh, types of films. Personally, my this is opinion. Uh, I love both movies. I think they function as good complements of one another. I think people should see Apollo Eleven, the the documentary. Uh, and then I think people should watch, you know, First Man afterwards, you know, because Apollo 11 discusses, you know, the entire mission and each astronaut personality behind the mission. And it also delves into um, a little bit into, you know, what mission control looked like, what the the spectators looked like, uh, you know, what, what the what the era looked like. And that was, for me, uh, really exciting because uh, I was not alive in 1969. So I don't really I can't speak from, you know. Uh, personal experience. It's <laughs> what it was like that year. I have no idea. Uh, everything I know is basically from books and films. So it's, it's, it was really neat uh, to, to see, you know, just what everything was like during that mission. Um, I, I was saying today I got a chuckle because uh, there was that scene in the man spacecraft center. Uh, now it's Johnson space center, but back then it was, I think the man MSC and it shows the uh, coffee prices, and they were like, you know, five cents a cup, you know. <laughs> and and nowadays, I was saying to people, man, it'd be like thirty-seven dollars for a sip or something like that, because it'd be some special coffee with the the beans from, you know, some, you know, you know what I'm saying? And things are so much different nowadays. It's, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, things were really, you know, things were cheaper back then, and. You know the the culture was a little different back then, and it was just it was really fun to watch. You know, I loved the scenes uh, at the beginning when they showed the the woman. It looked like they were along the uh, river in Titusville. I'm not sure exactly. It could have been also the Cocoa Beach. I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, the woman fixing her hair, you know, in the morning before the launch, I <laughs> thought that was. I thought that just little you know details like that. I, I thought that was just. I loved it so much. Uh, first man. Uh, of course, is a biopic, but it, it focuses mainly on Neil Armstrong and his kind of the adverse. I'm not going to spoil the movie for those who have not seen it yet, but um, it focuses on, you know, some of the adversities he faced before he was, eight, you know, before he walked on the moon. And, you know, kind of the things that, you know, drove him and uh, shaped him into, you know, the kind of person he was and. The movie, unfortunately, I think, has gotten a lot of uh, unwarranted
1: criticism. Now, I think your point that you made about it might have been interesting if the release was reversed for these two films. And I think some of the uh, reaction to First Man—it was kind of the first out of the shoot, if you will, of the Apollo uh, Fifty movies—and I think that because it was so different. In what people generally expect, which are the classic yes. documentary like things like Apollo 11. I think that that may have um, I think that's why people may have reacted a little bit less favorably than than they they really should have. And and I think it kind of distracted them from really appreciating the movie for what it was.
0: Exactly. Um, I, it's my Opinion that um, a lot of people expected it to be a a hero type movie, you know, where Neil Armstrong's, you know, wearing a Superman outfit and planting the flag on the moon. And I think people wanted, I think people, whenever you admire, I hate saying this because I I think Armstrong would have hated being described as this. But I think whenever people admire a public figure or a celebrity, they kind of put their own hopes and dreams and thoughts and you know how this person was upon that celebrity even though, even if they didn't know him very well you know and i think people had this image of armstrong as oh he's you know the first man on the moon he was like a superhero and i think there's a lot of that and uh, he was a you know he may have done all these he did he had an incredible career and he did some things that bordered on impossible but he was a human being and he of course had the feelings and thoughts a regular human being would, and I think people just were shot. It they took them aback, you know. So I totally agree with you on that. I, I think when, I think people tend to turn, you know, public figures sometimes into something they maybe weren't, and I think that's kind of what happened with First Man. Is people thought it was going to be like a Superman movie in on the moon, and you know, it, it, it wasn't and this disappointed them and it's like it showed neil as somebody who experienced you know grief it showed him as somebody who did experience maybe some anxiety in in his role and um that's to be expected he was you know kind of on a stage you know in the uh, you know and in, in one of the biggest shows of all time so it's understand understandable that he would uh you know, experience those kind of things. So I agree with you completely. Yeah. But I personally love both movies and I think they complement each other. Uh, I think First Man um, was validated by the documentary because if you notice, you know, the scene where they're suiting up and, you know, before they get in the spacecraft and stuff like that, they don't all look like happy. Not to suggest that they were all depressed, but they all look very like determined yeah. and focused and they don't look they're not like wearing cheesy grins and you know yeah we get to oh we get to ride on the Saturn 5 today you know it was nothing like that they were all there's kind of a unspoken I think sense of anxiety that floated around you know like are they gonna be able to do this and I think you also see that in first man and i I think you know that kind of validates it really wasn't you know this big you know circus atmosphere for the astronauts they there was a lot of um you know, concern and are they going to be able – is this going to be able to happen? Is everybody going to be able to pull this off from them to the 400,000, you know, workers back on the ground? So I I felt like they kind of – that kind of tied in nicely for, you know, all the people who were like, oh, first man, it wasn't like that. And I'm like, it really was like
1: that. Yeah. So those are my thoughts. No, I agree. I think the things that – a couple of the things that struck me is just really fascinating and how – first man was filmed was i think it did a really good job apart from the whole storyline of neil and sorrow and loss how how serious and dangerous an undertaking this was and i i you i think you really kind of felt that weighing down on the characters um so i thought that that helped to bring another another realistic dimension uh and, and that was part of i think First man wanted, they talked about wanting us to feel like we're in the cockpit with the, with Neil and so forth. But I think it did a really good job at creating the right, uh, visceral feel in the, in the audience. If you watched it in that regard and, and didn't take immediate defense that it was such a different, a different viewpoint from the traditional docudrama
0: yeah if he, if he didn't you know oh i knew i sat next to neil for 5 minutes once he wasn't like that like what whatever stop it you didn't know him that well you know yeah uh i trusted you know jim hans uh, james hansen dr james hansen i should say um the gentleman who uh, authored first man the 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 book which is the uh, only authorized biography of armstrong i really think the movie reflected the book pretty well because um There were, of course, you know, people who criticized the book, and um, I think the main criticism was, you know, well, Hanson's an academic, and, you know, the book was really dry because, you know, Neil didn't look terribly, you know, exciting. And I'm like, Neil Armstrong, I don't mean offense to the Armstrong family, he wasn't, like, this you know, he wasn't Pete Conrad or Gene Cernan. He was a different type of person. He was, you know, kind of quiet, a man of few words. He wasn't like this bells and whistles, pinwheels, you know, spinning type of person. He was a different personality, and I think the book captured him, you know, Armstrong, extremely well. You know, yeah. you know, this was just kind of a normal guy who wasn't, you know, super outgoing. You know, outside of himself. So I, uh, you know, I. I I just wanted to point that out because people were like, oh, Neil was so, you know, shy and, you know, b- quiet in the movie. And he wasn't like that. I'm like, yeah, he was actually like that. Yeah. You know, this isn't the Pete Conrad story where Pete could narrate the whole damn thing himself or something. You know, <laughs> they were different people. Yeah, You know, it takes all kinds. Yeah,
2: <laughs> Yeah. And when you're surrounded by personalities like that, quiet people tend to get more introspective.
0: Exactly. You know, and I think people really lose sight, you know, of... Okay, you know, this wasn't a very talkative person and he didn't, you know, I wouldn't, I would never describe Armstrong as like reclusive because he did do, you know, some, you know, things in the public. But this was somebody who valued his privacy, understandably valued his privacy. He was, like I said, he was different from, you know, a lot of his colleagues who, this is kind of a notorious example, like Aldrin, you know, Aldrin is somebody who really especially in the last decade, has really embraced the spotlight, you know. And is somebody you see all the time uh, in the last few years of uh, Cernan's life, he was on TV all the time doing, you know, kind of expert interviews and stuff like that. You know, these people were, you know, very much at home in the spotlight, and Neil wasn't like that, and that's fine. That's the kind of person he was, and we, I think we should all accept it. You know. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's also up. Uh, like, I can't wait for this other documentary that's coming out about Neil Armstrong. That there have been some some trailers out, and one of the things that I always recall from that trailer is Michael Collins, you know, t- talking about that some people criticized that like Neil wasn't outgoing enough and really promoting the the lunar program or space flight in general. After the fact, but, you know, they have, in fact, have been one of the characteristics that led to his being chosen to be one of the first people. And it turned out within the sequence of the the flight sequence, he ended up being the first guy to walk on the moon. But perhaps he was overall chosen for the for the space program for part of that very reason that this wasn't going to be some grandstanding guy. Yeah. So I think that was... Plus being a civilian didn't hurt. Right.
0: Yeah, I think Armstrong, you know, um, and I I, I have to put a disclaimer out. I I did not know the guy. So I had no uh, personal interactions with him. But um, I I do think, um, you know, this was somebody who was kind of self-contained and, you know, really, you know, emotionally, you know, level and was kind of a, you know, he made decisions, you know, very well. And I think that, like like you guys have both said, I think that's a reason why, in part, you know, he became the person to take the first steps and the fly eagle to the lunar surface. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So
2: I had I had some thoughts uh, between the films themselves. I think Apollo 11 actually will have more mass appeal. We don't have, you know, the, the box office numbers yet or anything. But I think Apollo 11 would have more, it would be appeal to more people, but it's got an upstream swim because of it being a documentary.
0: I don't know. It's kind of weird because I I don't understand. I would figure a documentary would be less appealing to most people because, but I talked to, you know, some friends of mine who watch, you know, Netflix and stuff and they're like, man, I don't like documentaries on Netflix. You know, they're boring. And I'm like, no, there's some really good ones on Netflix. So I'm very surprised that the documentary has taken off as much as it has. I was very shocked by that, but I, I hope it's a signal that people are still interested in this. Uh, what do you think, Eleanor?
1: You know, it, the movie struck me as, and, it, and particularly seeing it on the big screen, and the fact that the only real narration was from the from the public affairs people, which I thought was, I mean, they said it. Why do you need to embellish what they said? You know what it struck me as? That movie is like a coffee table book where it's just this visual spectacular that's really self-explanatory. And I think that's what the visual appeal is, uh, literally, that, you know, you, you you just have to watch it and, and you don't need to have some in-depth dissertation about the event because it's all there laid out in front of you and it just makes complete sense. And And if you walk away just realizing the sheer enormity of it all, and and the fact that God, we we did this like 50 years ago. I mean, th- that's really what you want to walk away with, and I think it accomplished that quite quite admirably.
2: Yeah, I definitely had a different feel coming out of Apollo 11 than uh, than First Man. You know, it was uh well, the IMAX versus the regular theater, but just the the tone of the overall movie was just power, yeah. basically.
1: The you know one of the other things though I did love about First Man, which was, it was an unexpected thing that kind of brought tears to my eyes, but I was so happy to see it, was that it brought other people to life in that film that I really did not know much about. I didn't know much about Jan Armstrong. It was great to see the family interaction and some of that dynamic, but also that you got to see Elliot C. and Ed White, and they were brought alive, and I really, really liked that as well. I felt like it was a little Valentine to them.
0: Yes, I, I agree totally. That was a, it was kind of hard for me because I don't, like I said, for people who uh, have not seen the movie, well, it, it's not, I don't know if it qualifies as a spoiler because these are things that actually uh, took place, <laughs> but um, I found it very hard to get like um, attached to this. I, I love the sea and white uh, contribution in the movie, but I remember feeling like I don't want to, fall in love too much with these characters because you know what's yeah, gonna yeah. happen eventually that was very difficult for me because I'm like you know something bad is gonna is gonna transpire and it's not gonna be a yeah. happy ending for them so it's very uh it was very difficult but um but touching on that you know the movie did uh like you said illuminate you know people who uh, probably hadn't been spoken of you know in the Popular consciousness. A lot of I, I love Pete Conrad in First Man. Uh, he was a l- little scrappy dude, just like the real thing. Um, I loved him. I, I loved uh, uh, even like Buzz, even though his character was a uh, very Buzz like. Uh, you know, I like the Collins character. I felt like um, the guy who played Mike Collins. I think it was yeah. Lucas Haas. I think that's the gentleman's yeah. name. Um, did I noticed like he uh, actually got the. The tone of a uh, Collins's voice, correct? Because I was like, "Oh my God, he sounds like Collins!" You know, he kind of has that that funny, you know, the the little nasal tone of voice. Even so, I was very uh, impressed, you know, because I, you know, I, I think anybody who's who knows me, I like the little more obscure figures like Collins. <laughs> you know, the people that n- don't get talked about as much. So I thought that was really cool. I, I enjoyed it. I, like you said, I thought it was a little kind of a love letter to that era you know and these uh diverse little interesting personalities that uh were around during yeah. that time now,
1: in contrast speaking of that one of the other parts I loved about Apollo 11 was all this all those visuals of the beach and all the people and seeing it was such a funny contrast between all the straight-laced people that everyone kind of all looked the same it was all White guys with white short sleeve shirts with black ties, all in Mission Control or down at the Cape. And then you contrast that with all the crazy stuff going on and excitement of the people on the beach and all the great sunglasses and funny bathing caps. And uh, I just I just <laughs> love that. It just made me smile.
2: The, the souvenir hats that some people were wearing, they were, like, orange or something, and it looked like it had Apollo 11 printed on it. It was like, okay, somebody somebody brought capitalism yeah, exactly. to the Cape. Yeah,
0: I like the RCA hats. I, I, it was My guess is um, I, if anybody's out there listening to this and can clarify where those came from, uh, please be my guest. I could probably go on uh, Space Hipsters and ask, and somebody could probably answer it, but I like those little RCA kind yeah. of paper visors. I'm sure it's... I thought that was neat, and um, I, I agree. I, I thought because um, again, I was not a, a around in 1969. I wish I had. I wish I'd seen this launch in any form even if I just watched it on you know a little black and white tv I just love I got such a kick out of you know the hairstyles and like the woman doing her hair I thought that was awesome (laughs) I loved that I was like that was so friggin' funny you know like yeah it's about probably 7 a.m but I'm doing my hair on the beach beach, it's like a thousand degrees out because it's Florida in July you know it I just loved it I thought it was awesome so yeah I loved that little aspect of I love that they showed um, the spectators and the press site and the press pool. That was really cool, too. I really yeah. enjoyed that. Um, and, I thought that was really cool. And I just cool. thought it was
1: hilarious how you saw it. They had multiple shots of Johnny Carson. I just thought that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With his With scarf. With scarf. <laughs> scarf he had around his neck. Oh, yeah. He was he was a true hipster there at the, the Apollo 11 launch.
0: That would be like... um. Kevin Hart at an SLS launch or something. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, that I mean that that was when he popped out. I was like, this is so freaking random with his I little know. outfit. He was he was really. Yeah, silent. and they, kept,
1: they were multiple shots of him that they that they did. I thought it was hilarious, and i I think it's great that that someone had the wherewithal to film film all of that, and then it it got discovered. I um I just read an article about The the guys that made the movie, you know, getting a phone call from the guy at the National Archives with, oh, my God, you know, we came across all these like extra canisters of film. And I can't imagine it must have been like a kid in a candy store. So exciting. Another moment that I loved about Apollo 11 that kind of in terms of complimenting like First Man, I loved the beginning when the somber suit up scene and then they did kind of that almost like life flashing before your eyes compilation of their previous life yes! I thought that was awesome, love that
2: yeah, that was well yeah. done
1: Yeah, that was really effective, the other thing that comes to mind is, I thought I just read somewhere that there are, maybe it was last night I was scrolling through stuff that supposedly there's like so much more film that wasn't even put into this, that something like I don't know was it 22 hours of, of film or some crazy thing?
2: Yes, I've heard that I don't remember the source Oh
1: man yeah. I want that the director's cut.
2: The three <laughs> pots of coffee cut
0: Yeah I would stay up and probably watch that on a weekend or something because I'm crazy I would I would definitely I, I yeah I would probably watch it because I I just I, I'll be a uh, full disclosure I went and saw the movie in IMAX the uh, well I saw first man three times I saw it first in IMAX and two in the uh, regular and uh, I saw Apollo 11 three times in IMAX because I was just like, I can't, I wanted to just, you know, I, and I want to be very clear. I, I I would say I loved First Man and uh, Apollo 11 equally, but just First Man was, you know, a biopic and stuff. And I felt well, I could see it in IMAX once and live, you know, but um, just to see uh, the Apollo 11 launch in the documentary was so... It, to me, the the ticket price was just worth that because I've seen, you know, the Apollo 11 launch before on, um, you know, TV and on YouTube. And it just – let's be real. The YouTube uh, footage is usually pretty grainy, and um, t- it just doesn't do it justice, unfortunately. It doesn't make
2: it feel like you're being pushed yeah. down in your seat. I don't understand how I felt that way.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. It was incredible. Like, I was sitting there, and I literally, like, had – had like tears just coming out of my eyes, you know, because I was like, especially um, spoiler alert for people who have not seen this. If you if you haven't seen it, uh, turn the volume down a little bit. Um, when it showed um, during the launch, the F at the beginning when it shows the F ones just kind of glowing, and yeah. you know, I was like, <laughs> oh my god! Like I literally was like, on the. It, it's funny how. I was like, I don't understand why I'm crying over something that I know is going to happen. You know, that was, it was just, oh my God, I I still have chills just talking about it. I was like, that is just incredible. I I felt, yeah, I would, I would go see it again just for that. I mean, the whole movie, it was amazing. But the launch part to me, I was like, okay, this justifies a
1: $20 IMAX ticket. It was great. It
0: was incredible. uh, I
1: also liked all the cleaned up footage of the train during transit. So all the, you know, in the command module, uh, I guess they must have been television transmissions. And I have really have seen very few of the, I've seen still shots of that, but I'd never really seen film of that. The conversations with, you know, with mission control, I thought that was really enjoyable as well. It brought another like human aspect to the, to the mission, uh, that otherwise you know you didn't really focus on that too much in the in the in the documentary.
2: Yeah, and the um the idea of using just the pretty much the still pictures mostly on the surface cuz that was the only the only things that had the resolution compared to the other, you know, the the movie was good. Seeing uh seeing the first step viewed from the lem cockpit was I thought that was a neat touch.
1: I agree. Definitely.
2: Okay, so I got to ask you When they were walking out to the transport van, there was a guy following them holding a fire extinguisher. And he did not get on the van with them. So what changed that they needed a guy with a fire extinguisher following them to the van, but he didn't need to get into the van?
0: Oh, geez. That's a good question. I honestly am not sure because... um it doesn't make sense to me either. Uh, Cause I was like, I know that guy's on the fire. I know he's on the fire team. And I, uh, I am aware that, um, uh, and if I'm wrong, some, like I said, somebody please jump in and, uh, uh, correct me. But I am, I, I believe during the Saturn five launches, there was kind of like a, uh, fire, like, you know, a, uh, oh, a response arrest, team. Yeah. There was a response team, you know, stationed in case God forbid, there was a, a explosion on the pad or something, but, Um, I believe during the launch, there was a tank with a bunch of the fire team members uh, about two miles away. And of course, you know, they're in a tank, so they're they're not you know, they're getting shaken up, but they're not, you know, going to get killed or anything. They're just getting the hell uh, shaken out of them. Uh, But yeah, like uh, I was kind of wondering that, too, because I'm like, why isn't he going up with them? You know, I, I don't know. It's kind of weird. That's a good I, question. That was I didn't one know. of the
2: things my wife leaned over and said, why is the fire fire extinguisher <laughs> guy going with Yeah, I wonder if
1: it had anything to do, and this is purely conjecture, I'm not an engineer, so I'm probably wildly wrong on this, but I wonder if there was concern about some sort of weird static charge and they're carrying those air tanks, uh, and while they're walking, if there was some slight risk of some static discharge igniting something and then when they're sitting in the van, I mean, it's they're you know stationary, so there's not so much of a a risk. I, yeah,
2: I have no. That's idea. a possibility. And also, if you if you see it again, you'll note that there was another guy walking behind them carrying a spare air unit in case one oh. broke down.
0: That's really neat. I didn't notice that, but it's neat to uh, actually see.
2: Yeah, uh, it's pretty cool. Something you notice when the the people are twenty feet tall in front of you on an yeah. iMac screen. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I didn't quite uh, notice that. But, yeah, I'm wondering about the fire team guy myself. Maybe somebody can answer that.
1: Yeah, no, us. that's interesting.
2: <laughs> so I think just by pure uh, the, the discussion we're focusing on here, for your pure tech nerd goodness, Apollo 11 is the winner.
0: I don't think we brought this film up, really, during uh, our discussion, but there's a, a film called uh, For All Mankind by Al Reinert that came out in the late 80s. And, um I, it kind of reminded me of that, except uh, Apollo Eleven's a little more cohesive. Uh, it, the I felt like uh, the film, you know, made a little more sense because uh, Al Reinert's film does pull some uh, some footage that uh, doesn't really jive with Apollo. I still love it. I think it's an awesome movie, but um, yeah, I think uh, the Apollo Eleven movie probably appeals more to the the tech, the the real like you know hardcore enthusiasts and the and the tech geeks because you get to see all the little uh, kind of the staging behavior of the Saturn five. And I thought that was really cool too. I really enjoyed that being a nerd. So I agree with you, Tom. I think first man is a, uh, I-, I personally love first man. I think it appeals. Um, I-, I think it should be watched in concert with this movie. And I, I think it appeals to people who want to learn a little more oh, about the man yeah. himself, you know, and kind of what drove him and, you know, kind of the things he had to overcome Uh, on many levels before, you know, he walked on the moon. So, yep.
2: Yeah, First Man was about Neil Armstrong. Apollo 11 was about the mission.
0: Exactly. Yes, and they're very different movies. Uh, There were people who kind of have, online, have uh, unfairly compared both movies. Um, And I'm like, they're not really the same type of film. (laughs) So it's kind of unfair to, you know, um, be like, well, one's better than the other because of you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I think you can, well, I think they can be compared, but it also has to be understood. They were, you know, they, right. they had different purposes. Yeah, exactly. Definitely.
2: If you want the story of a person going through the Apollo program, you want to see first man. If you want to see the ultra focused on one mission in eye blowing, detail, and sound, and things like that, your move is Apollo 11. If you're interested in space overall, you should see them both. I
0: I do want to add that uh, they're both very different movies. Um, I I think it's a little unfair that some people are, you know, comparing them as if they're the same type of movie Um, on the internet, of course. uh, One's a biopic, a very fine biopic about a person, and one um, focuses on an entire mission, and Uh, everything that was going around during that time. Uh, So they're both very different, but I think essential films for anybody who uh, has an interest in space flight.
1: Geez, now now I feel like a slacker. I got to go watch these, both of these movies again for a uh, second and third time respectively. Well, enough said. We hope you enjoyed this latest episode. Stay tuned for another show coming up in a few weeks. For Emily Carney and Tom Hill, This is Eleanor Rangers for Space 3D.